Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday. It is not Wednesday. I am fixated on the fact that I think today is Wednesday. Today is Friday. TGI motherfucking F. Yay, the weekend. It is May 25th, 2018. And I just want to thank everybody who's listened to blah, 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 and who has just taken anything from it, if you have. And I'm just really kind of proud of myself and excited that I have uh, continued on this journey. So today in the news, I'm going to get right into it. And this is kind of going to be a heavier podcast. It's about my, something very personal, something very personal that's related to the headlines that are happening now with Harvey Weinstein turning himself in for rape and sexual assault and just the barrage of heinous uh, things he's done that he has we haven't even touched upon really in court yet from various women up to 85 now 85 women have accused him of sexual assault, rape, misappropriation, everything. It's amazing. It's it's amazingly sad is what it is. And reading the news and going through and and just reading about the Me Too movement and and really taking on that history of why this is happening, who who's speaking out, who's taking the backlash, who because it's coming. There's a backlash coming. There's always a backlash towards anybody that stands up for something that's not right. Against, especially against powerful people, powerful sexual predators, because that's what the fuck they are. Um, that's a different topic for a different day. But just, it, it brought up a lot of shit in me. And it really connected in a big way of why I really started this journey of self-love and active self-love and really seeing my worth and value and creating standards and and creating expectations <clears throat> not only just for myself but for anybody that I choose to care about that is in my life and I I am a victim of sexual assault, rape and molestation and harassment. It was something that I experienced from a very early age, as early as I can remember, 6 or 7 years old and you know when when you're that vulnerable and that small, your innocence gets taken away from you. And it wasn't just, you know, someone showing me a dirty magazine or showing me a dirty video or pornography, not necessarily not pornography is dirty, but just in the sense of it being, it felt dirty when it was shown to me because I knew it wasn't appropriate. I knew something was off and I didn't know until years later that someone was putting me in a very shitty position of losing my innocence and opening it up to a world that I just did not need to see in that perspective, which changed my perspective as a woman very, very, at a very young age. And in thinking about all these brave women who are standing up and speaking out, especially against these powerful men, Harvey Weinstein, Morgan Freeman, Bill Cosby, um, (laughs) fucking Charlie Rose, Matt Lar, you report on the news, you report on crazy, awful shit in the world, and you're, ugh, I can't even, and, and the list goes on and on and on, and more people are coming out, and more more stories are being told, and, and more people are getting brave enough to speak out on their journey, and, and, and facing so many myriad of emotions that come with 
this journey and this frustration and, and, and the anger and the shame that you feel when you are a victim of any type of sexual crime. Um, the emotional fallout I experienced over the years from the age of 13 upwards until my late 20s due to so many conflicting emotions when it came to being a victim of the things that had happened to me. Um, from being molested, sexually harassed, viciously catcalled, men that I clearly knew were over the age of 30 or 40 when I was 12, 13 years old with a body that was developing quicker than my peers, being leered at and men looking at me and, and made to feel uncomfortable in a sense because I was like, am I asking for it? My body's doing things that I don't understand. And to these men, I look older than I am. And especially a lot of time within the black community, it's hard because you're blamed for swishing or walking a certain way or looking a certain way or just just giving the stance off of being too provocative at an at a young age of, of puberty and, and you know, your body's changing. And for years it's been a very frustrating, complicated issue with black women where we are seen as these sexual deviants and we are available for sexuality simply because of curves in our hips or our maturing physically before other other peers or just anyway we've always kind of been sexually misaligned a lot of the time before we even know what sex is before we even know what it means to be attracted to someone just so many swirling emotional burdens that are put on you before you even have an idea of your own sexuality and your own sexual needs and wants and and then it's a mind fuck so you feel like you don't own your body and to have grown ass men, you know, make gestures at you, whether it's in a business meeting, behind, you know, my, I can distinctly remember this and I never told my father, but he was in a, he was in a business production meeting and one of the actors was, I was sitting there at my dad's computer, minding my own business, you know, I'm 11 years old and this actor that clearly a grown man very grown, was making very uncomfortable, lewd gestures towards me secretly, and I felt shameful about it. And thank God he did not come up and talk to me, but I just just sat there feeling overwhelmed with just not knowing what to do, not understanding, not having any perception of what the fuck was happening. And it just struck me as so bizarre and odd because here you are, you're in the middle of a meeting that you need to be focused on and you're making lewd sexual gestures towards an 11-year-old child. And that perception now as an adult, I, would, I have a daughter that's 11 and I, if she ever told me anything like that, I will go into beast mode and hurt a motherfucker. <laughs> you know, so it, it really kind of set the tone a lot of ways that made me feel as if I don't have any control over what's presented to me as if I, I owe something to a man that is being a sexual predator. Um, because they know who to find. They know who to look for. They know who to go after. And, and, in, and it's a frustrating kind of place to be in, looking back on it, where I wish I'd had this, this inner strength that, I, that has blossomed in me over time, that I've always had, but I just didn't hone on to it yet. And I, and I 
you know, I wish the motherfucker would <laughs> come at anybody that I knew because I would, I, I, my daughter, my best friends, you know, their children, I, I would go into beast mode because how dare you, number one, how dare you? And, and the fact that there's so many women that are standing up not only for themselves, but standing up for other women by being advocates, by, by holding the, the predator accountable, by boosting the victim and saying, look, we, I have you, I'm supporting you. That's a big thing. So for me, the shame of, of my personal molestation and sexual assault and, and being a victim of those things, it really derailed my sense of myself and me growing and having a grounded sense of who I was becoming at a very early age, especially my teenage years. You know, I, I developed physically in the you know, third, fourth grade, I was wearing a training bra, very uncomfortable, starting my menstruation cycle at 10, 11 years old. I was taller than most of any of the girls I knew, broad shoulders, long neck, you know, long legs. And I, I was this ugly duckling, so to speak. But from the outside looking in, you would think, even though I was very innocent, you talked to me, um, I was... I was mature in the sense because I was well-read. My my family allowed me to read books all the time and ingest myself and whatever I was interested in, fortunately. So in a way, I was putting myself together and and putting myself in a position to, to, to form into the adult that I am today. But I still had, um, in a lot of ways, a personal frustration because I was dealing with the past of my early ages, if I can remember, of being molested and sexually harassed and, and assaulted. And then my, coupled with my feelings of puberty and, and, and my, you know, budding sexuality on my own and, and feeling shameful for wanting the attention from men and boys and not understanding it and, and really just being overwhelmed by so many things of guilt and everything else. And and what happened over time was that I felt shameful wanting affection from men and not knowing the difference between toxic men and, and, a, and a, a, a man or, or a guy who wasn't going to take advantage of me physically or emotionally to manipulate me into doing things for him sexually or being available for him sexually. So that was something that I, I didn't understand until therapy and, and years later and having my own children and growing as a person and really seeing my own value. But at the time, the emotional fallout was due to not being believed, that I was told that I was asking for it, I was told it did not happen that way, that I was being fast, um, that I was swishing or I was being provocative without even knowing what being provocative was, uh, toxic feeling of self-worth feeling ashamed that I cared about a toxic man due to all of these emotional, negative emotional feelings because of my sexual assault and harassment and all of that, being a sexual assault victim and, and wanting to show affection. And then these toxic men, the connection that they have towards me is because I was making myself available for them sexually in the hopes that they would validate me and see my worth and want to care about me. So what I knew was that if I opened myself up to these toxic men physically, then maybe they would want me 
an, an encompassing person, and, and that turned out to be, uh, that's a total, total bullshit. It's fucked up, because <laughs> it's not, it doesn't work that way. Um, they can find the damaged person a lot of time, very toxic people find damaged people, if not as damaged as them, or even more so, and they pull you in, because that's, that's how they avoid their own toxicity, because it's like, you find somebody who's vulnerable, and it's like, oh, this person's going to be available to me because they're so vulnerable in a negative way. Um, you know, and there is a connection to, as well to toxic masculinity and that toxic masculinity and that you learn to feel as if you owe a shitty human being your body because you should be grateful that someone gave you attention. Because in, in a lot of ways, these sexual predators make you manipulate your mind to to make you believe that you are deserving of this because this is what you want. This is, this is your worth. This is how valued you are. I can take what I want from you and manipulate you into, into being ashamed and, and then feeling physical pleasure as on a scientific level, because that's what happens when you stimulate someone sexually, whether they, when they want it or not, it it just, it's a, fucking mind fucked because you're there and and you're you're like how did this how is this happening and and it's it's almost like an out-of-body experience because you're ashamed that it's happening you're ashamed of the feelings of what should be a positive experience with someone that you choose to share the sexual moment with and then this feeling of somebody taking it from you and then also making you feel as if you're deserving of it because that's the value and worth they see in you um Ooh. <laughs> and it's bullshit. Okay. And it, and it, and it's really frustrating to to have that feeling of not only not being believed, but to feel as if that you owe them this because you don't see the value in yourself. And you don't know what your standards are and you don't know just how amazing you are yet so you continue this is rough but uh, you continue to to be mistreated because of your shame and your confusion and you a lot of times either become very hypersexual within a lot of cases of some people or you latch on to the first person who is also damaged in some way whether it's by sexual assault or it's by emotional assault, whether, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. There's, you find each other in some ways. And some people that find each other can help each other get out of it and they grow together. But that that's a different story for a different day. But right now we're talking about the emotional fallout of being a sexual victim. And, and you have this emotional burden of constantly thinking that you owe toxic, trash, predators whether it's uh, sexual predators, emotional predators, spiritual predators, in some ways they make you, your psyche believes that you owe them you. You owe them you because you are deserving of that because someone took from you yourself in a very manipulative, maniacal, disgusting way. So you never have a complete ownership of yourself or your sexuality. You always feel as if, okay, if I'm hypersexual, then I can prove that I chose to 
be sexual. I'm choosing to share my body. I'm choosing to put myself in that position and, and fuck that person who took that from me, which just happens in a lot of cases of victims. Or you drink way too fucking much to try to escape these feelings and, and trying to rationalize, okay, you know, I, I don't want to feel this way. I want to escape. And you rationalize it by saying, well, if I have two beers, I can be numb and everything's going to be okay. And I can pretend that everything's fine and it's not okay. And I had gone through a couple, a few years in my early twenties where I, I was drinking myself to death. I, I was blackout drunk every night and was getting up and, and going to work and, and, making enough money to get blackout drunk again. And, and it was a constant cycle and I didn't realize that I was running. I was so trying to drown my feelings of insecurity, not feeling good enough, feeling unworthy, not feeling wanted. I was trying to drown it. I was trying to just drink it away and I was killing myself. And, and I, fortunately I got out of that and I got some goddamn therapy (laughs) and I stopped hanging out with terrible people um that helped and some people go to drugs and some people don't get out of that vicious mind fuck that cycle of I'm not good enough this is what I deserve I did this I I'm deserve to be mistreated and because of your shame and the feelings of confusion from, from the attention of a toxic human being. Uh, and it's very hard letting go of the emotional burden of thinking, I owe somebody something because they gave the attention. And I used to think that any attention was good attention for men, for myself personally. And I didn't know that people see how you value yourself. I did not, I, I did not learn that lesson until way later in life. And if you are willing to allow anyone to mistreat you because of how you mistreat yourself is because you're not seeing your own value and worth and standards. You're not seeing yourself in a positive light. You are not seeing yourself with, to be able to distinguish when someone is giving you some red neon light signals that they're toxic and you, and you really shouldn't talk to them or give them energy past anything they, they aren't deserving of. And what happens is it's even if they're nice, you know, the nice guy syndrome, right? I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice girl. But you do really toxic, shitty, manipulative, emotional, mindfuck shit. It doesn't give a fuck if you're nice or not. You're still a trash human being. You know, there's trash human beings that come off very nice and they're trash. And they, you don't owe them shit. So you don't learn to pick up on those receptors, until you then begin chipping away and doing the work of understanding your value is is worth more than anyone making you feel you're undeserving of the good and strong and enhancing qualities of life, period. No one has, has can tell you that, okay? And if anybody is taking your power away and making you feel that you are un- undeserving and unworthy, you tell them to fuck off. That's the first thing you need to do. You tell them to fuck off because they are unworthy and deserving because they are taking from you, which isn't theirs. So you tell them to fuck off. You tell them to, to, to leave you the fuck alone because no one can take 
the amazing qualities of yourself from you unless you aren't giving them to you first. And you have to be willing to admit to yourself that it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And you didn't do anything wrong. Because someone believes you. Someone believes you. And, and I say that phrase because in Savannah, there's a rape crisis center and, and they do amazing work. Keisha Gibbs is out there doing great work. And I'm going to post the link um, in the description as well on social media so that you, if you are a victim of sexual, of a sexual predator or rape or assault or harassment, whatever it is, I don't care if it was 20 years ago. I don't care if it was 60 years ago. Someone believes you out there. Someone's job is to believe you. And they do that at Savannah Rape Crisis Center because they believe you and it's not your fault. Okay. And you were not a product of someone else's fuckery. Believe that. And the steps that I had to take to get past that was to admit that I, I'm not, I was not wrong. And sometimes shit happens so quick. You don't even know that it's happening. Like you could just all of a sudden get wrapped up in a sexual predator situation and you don't even put it together that it's happening. And sometimes it's presented point blank in front of you and, and, and it's right there and you can be like, fuck off and call this person out and make sure they know what so many strong, amazing women are starting to do. We're starting to take back what doesn't belong to anybody else. No one can take from me anymore what I'm not willing to give. And through this whole Me Too movement, especially with women of color, you're not believed. And your value isn't the same as white women. And that's a very harsh and true and real statement that I had to also wrestle with. And come to terms with. And we have a long way to go when it comes to to that validation too. Especially as women of color. Because you aren't believed. And you're put at fault. and, and And your value is less than a white woman a victim of, of sexual of a sexual predator than you are comparison to any any other culture in America and it's and it's a frustrating thing to to hear because you're like damn can I just can I just be believed can I live can you help me can I be seen and and I wrestled with that I wrestled with the fact that because I was black first and not and a victim third I was black first a woman second and then a victim third and that is is so frustrating because I should be a victim first my blackness has nothing to do with the fact that someone mistreated me without my permission and when you can can face that and deal with that it it gives you a little bit more power. I felt a little more surge of confidence in myself because as, because as a black woman, I have to be strong. I have to be powerful. And sometimes I don't want to be, but I have to step up a little bit more for myself because you're told for so long that you're undeserving because you're black. 
and also a woman and a victim of sexual assault or rape or, or violence that you, you don't think you deserve more. But that's, that's, nuh-uh, no baby. No, 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 no. I, I can't believe those lies anymore. I'm deserving of any fucking thing I want to fucking do. And I'm deserving of being treated with respect, mutual respect from friends, family, co-workers, uh, my boss. I'm deserving of mutual admiration from friends, family, co-workers, or my boss. I am worthy and deserving to be treated with sexual kindness from the partner that I choose to share myself with on an emotional level, on a vulnerable level, on a personality level, on a giving level. Because I don't owe a partner a thing. I don't owe you anything. I'm deserving of seeing my own value and worth and standards and providing the emotional security within myself to share my love for you. And if we are on that same level, on that same page, then you got to go. So you have to know this. If I leave you with anything in, in, in this very heavy podcast is that if anyone thinks that they can take from you what you have not given them permission to do so, you be a beast and you let them know with a calm stillness of strength to fuck off. And sometimes you don't even have to say fuck off. Sometimes you just do it by your actions, whether you leave that toxic Uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whoever you want to call it, whether you leave a job that's making you feel like you are a piece of shit, whatever you got to do, you need to stand up and take back your power, period. And if you got to reach out and find some allies to come help you get in beast mode, then we will come and help you because the backlash of all this me too shit is going to come. But right now, What we got to focus on is moving forward, continuing to call out those that have mistreated people, not confuse the script and put these people in a certain light because of their position of power and their title, because that don't mean shit. Okay? That's why they're taking advantage of people, because they have the ability to do so. Okay? And don't let nobody make you feel like they're going to not give you the opportunity to, to, to grow and do what you got to do because they make them feel like they have your power in your hands, your life in their hands. Okay. Cause fuck them, fuck them and fuck that. You do what you got to do, baby. Okay. And if somebody is telling you, you owe them something in order for you to move on in your education, your career, your life, your dreams, and your goals and your wants and desires, you tell them to fuck the fuck off. Because you don't owe them your body, you don't owe them your sexuality, you don't owe them your mind, you don't owe them your, their, your emotional space, you don't owe them you. Because they think that they can take from you because they think that they're owed it. No, you, you, you don't have to give them that. And these sexual predators are out here taking and taking and taking and now it's time for us to take everything that they've taken back. And it's not going to just stop, okay? Unfortunately. 
There's still women in the world that are being products of war by rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment and, and, and continuously being used as products of political war, violent war, control, corruption by their bodies. Children, sex slaves. It doesn't just end because we have started to speak out here and one of these sexual predators has turned himself in. Okay? It doesn't end there. And we have to be allies to our women. Allies to our men who are speaking out. Who have been victims. And of course, we're going to hear accounts and stories where people are like, well, I don't believe it. It just seems like a bad day. We got to just go with it. Okay, because not everything's going to be perfect and not all your allies are going to have a perfect, clean record. Okay, but we have to know who actually is actively trying to give a fuck before we villainize everybody based upon our personal opinion without knowing all the facts. Okay, that's number one. Number two is if you have been a victim of any type of sexual violence, please, please. If you are struggling in any type of way, whether it's quietly in the inside, whether it's you are drinking, whether you're taking drugs, whether you're overeating or binging and vomiting, bulimia, and whatever you're doing to try to exercise out these demons, please know that there is somebody out there that believes you. The Savannah Rape Crisis Center is a great place. I will post the link and phone number. And if you need me, even if you just need to share your story with me on an anonymous level, please send me a postcard, write, drop me a letter at, at, at work or, or put it in my mailbox or put it in my purse if you see me or leave me a message uh, in my email, naimasross at gmail.com. You don't even have to tell me who it is, but if you need to get some shit off your chest, please reach out. Don't continue to hurt yourself because someone hurt you first. Okay, that's number two. And number three, I believe you. It's not your fault. And I love you. Okay? And and that's the truth on it. Because you gotta realize that in order to make changes and to grow and to take your power back and know you're deserving. Okay, you have to believe that it's not your fault and you have to take your power back and you got to say, God damn it, I'm fighting back and I'm not going to let anybody take anything from me that I did not give them permission to give. And you don't know anybody a motherfucking thing. All right. Woo! <laughs> that was a lot, but it feels good to share. And whoever hears this, whether it's one person or two people or three people, whoever hears this, I hope that I've helped you. And I hope that you feel a little bit stronger and don't feel as alone because you're not alone. And, and it's one day at a time. And I love you because I love me. But on a, on a good note, it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. And everything is going to be fine one day at a time. I'm going to go get some food because I'm hungry. 
and uh, let me know what you think. Leave me a voice message. Let me know if there's a topic you want to talk want me to talk about. Um, I'm also looking for some volunteers, male volunteers of all ages and uh, sexual sexual preferences, uh, races, culture. I want to talk about toxic masculinity. And how do we change the um, direction? I think that's kind of where I'm going next with the next one. And just really talking about how do we change the narrative for men in this, this age of <laughs> growing in themselves as well. Um, so if you would like to join me, we can set up a time next month. I would love to sit around and, and chitty chat about how do we change the narrative how do we stop toxic masculinity how do we grow as men so that I can teach my boys so um that's that and uh I think that's all I gotta say I'll talk to y'all later bye